This is Come On Your Reds, the Toronto FC podcast, episode 103. Gareth Wheeler alongside former TFC midfielder, former Canadian international, academy coach extraordinaire, and TSN soccer broadcaster, Mr. Terry Dunfield. What's going on, Terry? How are you? Good, good, thanks. I haven't uh, seen you this week. It I feels like you, it's pal. been a while, hasn't it? Are you avoiding me? No, no, no. Been busy uh, with lots of academy stuff this week. It's been mid-season meetings, and we had a big game on Sunday, so lots going on here. We'll have a academy review reflections with Terry Dunfield in a few moments' time. Tim Bezbachenko's going to join us on this broadcast, the general manager of Toronto FC. Brilliant, brilliant. We, we were asking for a player, and you know what? He's joins in all the staff games. Every Friday we have a staff game up here at Kia. And I'm not just saying this because he's sort of quasi my boss, but he can actually play too. Very good. Came, played at university. And, played uh, USL, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So he ticked, I think, Pittsburgh Riverhounds. He yep. was there for a little bit. So it sort of ticks a box of a player. And we, yeah, we're lucky to have him on. You just saw him running outside. Do we have a window where we do the podcast? You see? <laughs> yeah. So we'll ask him about sharp. that. He's <laughs> <laughs> like the roadrunner out there. Yeah. Well, still very fit. Many of you responded with who you wanted to hear on the pod. Unfortunately, we're recording this Thursday morning. The team's already left. They're flying out right now to Los Angeles for their game against the Galaxy. So we'll look ahead to that match. We'll get a player on next week, okay? So still let us know. No, another player. What do you mean? I'm not officially retired, am I? Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm not letting the it go yet. The paperwork hasn't been submitted. <laughs> no, is my ITC saying? has not been ripped up yet. <laughs> okay, there, there you have it. Breaking news. Yeah. Terry Dunfield on the comeback trip. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Put on a couple of pump. my suits are feeling very snug right now. It's okay. But it was kind of funny. Danny, More to love. Danny Dicchio actually got his medical history book back today. And that brought, brought back a lot of memories, all the way from England. It's in, it's in the FA book. And I remember when I'd have my medical book, and when you get transferred and leave to a new team, you're supposed to bring your medical records with you. And I, I used to drive. So say I was going uh, to Shrewsbury to sign there in League One, and I think I was leaving Barry at the time. Or, and I'd always throw my medical book out the window of the car on the no, M56. And they'd be like, where are your medical records? Oh, I couldn't find them, mate. Sorry. And it was like an encyclopedia of injuries. I was, I was going to think that you'd just find a good doctor buddy that would just forge the documents for you. Well, if the documents are there, it's like what Dr. can It's like Dr. Nick from The Simpsons, Simpsons right? Like... Some crooked doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so That was a perfect laugh to go with that. <laughs> what we'll, an evil uh, laugh. No, but we will get on a player next week. So let us know at WheelerTSN, at Terry underscore Dunfield. Who do you want to hear on this Come On You Reds podcast? And Bezbachenko, don't tell him, though. He's the consolation prize this week. <laughs> uh, we're going to look ahead to the game in Los Angeles and look back at an absolute demolition job against the San Jose Earthquakes last week, and we'll spin you around Major League Soccer, Canadian team atop the Eastern Conference, a Canadian team atop the Western Conference as well. Uh, typically, we start off with reviewing the week before and walking through that match, but I think based upon the news about what's going to happen and who's not going to play this Saturday, that we start there. Sebastian Javinko and Josie Altador both get the week off. Neither player traveled the long-distance flight out west to Los Angeles to take on the Galaxy. Javinko came off at halftime, said to be precautionary, tightness in his quad. Josie Altador, after he scored his second goal against the Earthquakes in the 64th minute, he came off. He's just dealing with general stiffness. This is my read on the situation. 
um, that both players not playing, it's just all precautionary. You have a nine-point gap in the table between you and anyone else. You have some room to play with a little bit. You want to get some other players' games. So this is a good time avoiding that long trip to the West Coast. It's a good time to sit the players down and give them a break. Yeah, I think having a a long away game like that, definitely you you don't want to put any extra duress on the players. And it's, it's not ideal seeing two very key members of the squad go out. Uh, with with Javinko quad tightness, uh, him taking making it to halftime, taking himself out. It, that sounds like it's not too severe because he was able to get to halftime. I'm glad for his sake and for, and for the team that it's not in his adductor area. I think he was struggling with that last year. So hopefully the quad tightness isn't too bad. And the Altidore one, it's a little bit worrisome because he's got a little bit of injury past. He's had a couple of hamstring injuries since being at TFC. So it's hopefully that one's not too bad, and we don't want to speculate. You're taking out, what, 28 goals from the team traveling to Los Angeles? That's an incredible number. But And, and you're right. You want to tread lightly. We remember our last season ended where Javinko late in the season was dealing with cramping, dealing with various issues. Some of it had to do with playing on carpet in Montreal, playing on a baseball diamond in New York. And I think it's just taking the precautionary steps to make sure that these players are fit while keeping in mind that you're still pursuing the supporter shield. And to this end, Terry... I mean, I'm looking at the game next Saturday against New England. You have a midweeker against Montreal. Why would you play some of these players like Altador, Javinko, Vasquez on horrible turf in New England as well? Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? New England's one of the places where if you can protect a player, you're in a good position within the league. A hundred percent, you'd leave a player at home. I've seen some awful injuries firsthand in New England. Uh, I know the turf's a little bit better now, but but not a, a great place to go. And with, with Altidore and Javinko out, it's going to give players opportunities. I'm sure Ricketts will probably come in. Vasquez will play a little bit higher up the pitch. And you've got a, Jonathan Azorio's been chomping at the bit to get minutes in midfield. His form's been excellent. So... It shows, again, the depth of the squad, and uh, I, I think Greg Vanny's been very clever earlier on in the year when he went to Seattle missing a couple of so-called big dogs within the squad and, and went to Seattle and sure. got a result. So there's by no means uh, do I think they can't go to L.A. and, and get a result. Also, we, we were L.A. are pretty depleted as well. Javinka wasn't in the team that day. I know Hernandez played, Jay Chapman played, and they played a little bit of a different system. They played... Two attacking midfielders behind the lone striker. And that seems to be the way that they can line up against the Los Angeles Galaxy as well. You play toss up front. He's craving games, and he's a very good player who would, on any other team, be playing much more than he has. He needs games, and he, for me, he's going to play an important role down the stretch here. And then with Vasquez or a Chapman or a Delgado or Nazorio in behind, you're just playing a different way. Of course, you're losing an Altador Javinko. But the team is still going to be very strong that's heading to Los Angeles. It really will be. And, and what you'll see is, is, is a, a, very, a team that's able to play and look to play football th- through the lines. And, and I think that at the starting lineup will be similar to what finished the game uh, in the 4-0 de- demolition of San Jose. Uh, and and it, the team will be look to keep the ball, look to shift L.A. back and forth, 
create overloads and and really possess the ball. And that's important in LA to have a team that can keep the ball. The staple, uh, the pitch there is one of the biggest fields in, in MLS. So keeping the ball is very important. Like there's been a lot written, and it's by some very good Toronto FC writers as well. And the questions being asked about sitting TFC players, giving them a break. I think other than this trip out to LA and the game in New England, you're basically playing your best 11 all the way through, aren't you? Because you don't have that many games, Terry. Like, everyone's making a big deal. Well, now you need to rest, guys. But you want to make sure, and you you know being a former player, you want to be sharp through games played. There's no, there's nothing else that replicates that you can do on the training pitch that that can resemble actually playing in a in a in a real game. Yeah, one hundred percent. You want that game sharpness, but and, and you want that competitiveness within a squad as well to push you on to make sure you play well. So that if you don't and you and you take take a day off or whatever, you know you've got a player behind you chomping at the bit. But for me, I think you want to be rolling into the playoffs with your best eleven, and hopefully the injuries aren't too bad and Javinko and Eltor will be back soon. I, I know that it's a marquee game whenever you play the Galaxy, but this Galaxy team has been really struggling this year. And it's a late-night game. Probably not get as many viewers or listeners on the radio. Um, it's a Saturday night on the weekend. Look, if, if, if this was billed as a top-of-the-table matchup, then it's something different. But for me, this is a really good time to give Altador a week. It's been a busy week. He was to Flushing Meadows and back. Uh, Sloan Stevens won the U.S. Open. There was some celebrating there. J- Javinko, again, you just want to preserve his body. Other than that, like a player like Michael Bradley is not going to come off the field. Like People keep on asking him, do you need a break? And they're putting Vanny in that position. Michael is as fit as it gets. He won't come off, Terry. And I don't see there being a real point in giving Bradley a break unless he gets suspended due to accumulation or something like that. Bradley is the one staple in the team that you do not question his fitness. And, and for me, he's not a real serious injury worry because he is that fit. No, I think, I think uh, Bradley c- can keep playing and playing, and he's got it into a, a very good ri- – you get into a rhythm when you're playing week in, week out, and he'll, in training, get what he needs to get out of training, just prepare his body to be ready for, for, for games. And I, I think – if you take Michael Bradley out of the side, you, you do lose a lot because I think one of his best traits and qualities is he makes players around him better and, and makes job, his jobs for others on the pitch a lot easier. And he's that sort of linchpin uh, for, for TFC. He's the sort of leader out there. He's the coach out on, on the pitch. You see him organizing players around him. So it's really important he stays out on that pitch. You know who you want to give breaks to? over the, rem- the remainder of the season. I think you want to rotate your goalkeepers a bit. You want to get Irwin a game or two because if anything happens to Bono, then then you want Clint to be sharp. You want to give Betashore a break when he can be. Like, I you know you want to ramp up his minutes because he's had a long time out, but the way that he plays and the physical nature of it, being able to spell him with Hassler, I think that's huge. Drew Moore's a veteran player. You can bring in Hernandez. Uh, who's more than capable of doing a job. And in the midfield, I think you want to get Oso games and toss up front. Like, yeah. that, that, that's kind of your unit that you're rolling with. And at some point, you're going to give Victor Vasquez a break as well. He's never gone through a full MLS season before, whether it's his knee, an older body. 
So maybe that means a Chapman or a Cooper or someone comes in a little bit more as well. But other than that, like when I think of players in the team, Mavinga can play. Zavaleta, he's been a bit banged up. He can play. Bradley can play. Delgado can play. It's like these guys don't need breaks. Moro, he doesn't need to come out. Yeah, and if you ask any player at, at the Ben Washeru, for example, who's 36 now, any player sort of who's who's had a long career, uh, my, you know, I was fortunate enough to play for 17 years. If you ask me how many games was I 100% fit, not carrying something, I'd say like three. So these players, <laughs> yeah. these players are used to it. They're used to playing with a knock. Uh, the beta sure Hassler one's an interesting Hassler's. I've I've watched a fair bit of training this week. He's come back and he's looked very good again. And and watching him up close, he, he's 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 going to be a big big player for TFC. He's a good player. Very good acquisition. I wonder if Greg tries him because. And we'll get to the game against San Jose, but Betashore was very good against in, in the Earthquakes match. I wonder if you consider trying to play Hasler in the middle or through the middle because he can play a more attacking role as well. I think with Bradley, Osorio, and Vasquez in the middle of the park, I think that picks the midfield for L.A., but I think Hasler is definitely an option in there. And you've, you've Betashore, his, his performance, I thought he was the man of the match against San Jose. Me too. And I, and I think Greg's got a very difficult decision to make because Hasler, he's, he's scored goals as well. He, he's come in, he's really hit the ground running. He's got, it's a difficult decision to make, and each player offers something a little bit different. And... Uh, what a great problem to have. So that's the kind of the story about Toronto FC going to Los Angeles to take on the Galaxy. But this is in a Los Angeles team that's really been struggling. We're going to talk about them next as well as look back at the 4 nothing win against San Jose. This is, come on you Reds, Wheeler and Dunfield with you. Toronto FC, best record in all of Major League Soccer they're on 59 points. Typically, this is the territory that the Los Angeles Galaxy find themselves in. They're, what, 9, 10 points back of a playoff on the Western Conference, Terry. It's been a miserable season, and it's a squad that's going to be down numbers this Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time kickoff against TFC as well. Yeah, it's uh, you're not used to seeing the LA Galaxy in, in this position. No. Manager changed this year. They've, they've flip-flopped between a back three and a back four. And not only have they not had the results, that the performances have been poor. Uh, I, I think they've struggled with personnel and injuries and suspensions. And again, that's going to be the case this weekend. And it's make or break time for them right now. Ten points adrift of Dallas, I think it is. If, if they don't win this weekend, I think they're out of the playoff picture. Uh, so it's, you know, a Ziggy Schmidt team you know is going to be well organized. Uh, it, it won't be easy, but uh, I, I think... Um, it's an interesting matchup with Altidore and Javinko not traveling, a few injuries uh, in, in the LA Galaxy roster uh, and suspension. So it, it's an interesting matchup. Let's talk about some of the problems. I think that they're horrendous at the back. They played three different goalkeepers. None of them give you any inspiration that they're going to be able to come up with a big zero confidence, big, big stop. They sell their best defender in Van Damme. Ashley Cole's not the player he was. They lose Robbie Rogers out of the gate. He hasn't played. The back line sport. They've conceded 48 goals. That's third worst, tied for third worst in all of MLS. And this is the most shocking statistic to me. They are the worst team at home in Major League Soccer. Two wins, four draws on the year. Ten points from their home games. Like, that is shocking for one of the glamour teams in Major League Soccer. It's been an unmitigated disaster this year. And, and I'll, I think the home form, you put it down to one, 
teams enjoy going and playing in LA. They enjoy playing on that big pitch. It's a great surface, and, and there's absolutely nothing to fear. And I think the LA Galaxy went in a different direction this year. They tried to promote within, and, and they thought they, that a lot of their players could make the jump from LA Galaxy 2 up into the first team. And, and, and it, it, I've seen a lot of TFC 2 games. I commentate all their home games. There's a big jump. I think it's a great development league the usl to get to eventually to the mls but it's too far to make that transition and have four or five players make that jump up into the first team so they bring up young players they bring in ls Indri- uh, ls Indrini to the team he's been decent nine goals nine assists on the year he's suspended for this weekend's game against uh toronto fc cards accumulation so is jermaine jones Hasn't worked out this year. He's a freelancer, and actually things have looked better over recent weeks now that they brought in Jonathan DeSantos, who kind of holds and lets Jones play more of a freelance role. But he's suspended this week. You have Giovanni DeSantos. He's been okay, but six goals in 18 games. You expect, you know, more production from him. Zardes, his role has been all over the place, in and out. They do have attacking talent. Boateng's a decent player as well, and Legette has been out all year. So, like... It's a team, yes, injuries have played a role, but really this group hasn't come together, and I just look at problems at the back. TFC learned it the hard way three years or two or three years ago that they needed to bolster their defensive shape and, and, and in terms of personnel in order to contend, and that's what L.A. needs to come to realize as well. I think you nailed it right there when, when you talk about the shape and, and a system, and, and as a player, you, you want to know exactly what your job is when you go out on that pitch, and, and I think at TFC, everyone within the squad, whether it's Moro or Moore or Zavaleta or even your goalkeeper, Bono or Irwin, or, or you, you know what your role in, that t- in the team is. You know what how you're looking to break teams down. And there's always little tweaks to tactically to each opposition. But but w- within L.A., they've got some wonderful individuals, but they're not going to be able to flourish if, if they don't have that backbone, that spine uh, of a very good shape and team to play in. And, and at, at the moment, it looks like you've got, when they are fit, and I know they've struggled with injuries, uh, you've got a lot of players pulling in different directions. And uh, I, I think that, team first mentality when playing from that shape is what's what they're struggling they don't have and what other teams are going there right. and they do have and possess and they're they're almost grinding teams down and eventually a pocket or or someone won't do their job or there'll be a little bit of space and and, and the LA Galaxy have been punished legit has been a big loss legit yeah i like him he is legit he is a legit too legit good player <laughs> versatile Again, another player who who can I don't think you know exactly what his best pl- position is. He can play anywhere across the Same midfield. Same thing with Zardes. Like, where, where's his best position, Terry? Good question. The U.S. Men's National Team he plays down the left. He plays in the middle. Johnny, he plays up front. De Santos as well. He could play right. anywhere. Alessandrini, similar. So they have a lot of p- great individual players, but but they're just missing that sort of collective shape. And I'm sure over eventually Ziggy Schmidt this offseason will get it right. And and another thing to fear a little bit too is is some of these LA Galaxy players. Okay, maybe the big hitters have contracts for next year these players are playing for their future right now yeah yeah it's it's a critical match listen i think it's too far there's too much ground to make up they're not making the playoffs but with another team in los angeles coming into the fold next year like being a team that's relevant being a team that matters like look what happened in new york with the red bulls they dropped new york city fc comes in 
And immediately fans were drawn to that team, Terry. And with Bob Bradley and, and the new Los Angeles team coming into the mix next year, they have a cool symbol, cool colors, playing in a different area, not in Carson. So I, I think there's pressure on the Galaxy to show something now. 100%. I think they were banking on maybe bringing Ibrahimovic in as well. That fell through when he got injured. And so Would you leave Manchester United? Yeah. Would you leave Manchester United? I wouldn't even sign for them in the first place. <laughs> There's no way I'd play beside Pogbust. <laughs> oh, come on. I'd rather play beside Aaron Mond in midfield. You're just jealous that, you're just jealous that you can't pull off his hairdo. Oh, he's out for a month now anyway. Did so. you hear Garth Crooks saying, like, oh, his hairdo's showing off, stick to football? Yeah. I, what I, an I, old man mentality. It, it really is. I, I, I think the game's changed now, and it, it's difficult and sometimes tough to swallow, but all these crazy celebrations, we're doing these little handshakes and whatever dapping and the dapping game. or dabbing say what well, exactly <laughs> how old I... <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast i could do my dab yeah please <laughs> don't ever do that again <laughs> <laughs> looks like you're taking a nap on your shoulder okay that's, well that's... maybe renata uh the awesome producer will take a picture of me dabbing yes and stick it yes up. yes we'll have to snapchat some of our uh our uh, our pods from now on. Oh God, please stop. Um, That's a stiff dab. So TFC down a couple of players. The Galaxy down a couple of players. What are your predictions? What What do you think is going to happen here? I think it's going to be tougher than than uh, what it might look on paper. I, I I think the travel's not easy. I think you take out Flew two out nice and two, early. Terry. You take out a lot of goals. Uh, it, it's still it's a long flight. It's like flying to Europe, uh, going to LA from here. Uh, you get you, you arrive there. They'll train at at the wonderful training ground uh, by the pitch. Uh, at what's the field? What's the field called again? Uh, Stub Hub Center. Stub Hub Herbalife. Yeah, so it's Home just a Depot. It, Home Depot. It's got a <laughs> Safeway. Yes, <laughs> it's got a wonderful Beckham. No, so it's got a wonderful. It's got ten pitches around the stadium, National Training Center as well. The U.S. train there, so it's great training facilities. They'll train there be perfect temperature it's always 22 degrees there it's awesome and then uh it saturday is always a long day when you when you play away from home at, on the west coast from toronto because you've got all day in the I'm hotel i'm gonna make a prediction or what okay uh, <laughs> i'm gonna I, I think a draw would be uh, not getting beat would be I good think so too. i'm gonna call a i'm gonna call a one one let's put it this way any combination of three Toronto FC wins and or New York City FC losses, then TFC wins the Supporter Shield with six games to go. So if TFC wins two games and the Los Angeles Galaxy lose one, then TFC is going to win the Supporter Shield. Yeah. So, like, the, like and, and they're, they're a, basically touching the Shield right now. So I'm with you. I oh, think the Shield's like in their the, backpack. Yes. But I, I, And I think it's important to keep the run of not being beat. I think this will be 11 games now. Is that right? Without They've, they've gone 11. They've gone 11. So if they can not be beat, I think that beats a record uh, as well. No, I, I said it on – what was it? Uh, Renata, 16. I think it was 16 a undefeated. Club record maybe it beats. They've already beat a club they beat record. The it club was eight. Record. It was eight. I know that right. for a fact. But, but keeping that run of not being beat, I think that'll be important in the changing room. Uh, it's nice to keep that streak going, keep that momentum going. And um, I, I think if, if Rickett starts up top, it'll be a very big day for him. And oh, sorry. It's, they're, they're 10 unbeaten, seven wins, three draws. Listen they're, to me. They're unbeaten, 17 at home. Um, 
and the record is 19 games going unbeaten. The 2004 Columbus Crew and the 2010 FC Dallas side. So okay. So there's still some work to do. I thought it was 11, but yeah. Anyways. There's been a lot of games. I'm going for this streak to continue as well. Seven wins, three draws, I think. I'm going to say it's going to be a thrilling game. I think it's going to be a 2-2. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I think T- the Galaxy. I don't think TFC won a thrilling game. I don't think they won an end-to-end game. I no. think they want to go go there, control control the game by dominating possession. And and what they'll do is that disorganization that you spoke about with the LA Galaxy is they'll try to just shift shift them all over the pitch, try to create an overload with their numbers, and then all of a sudden, like a cobra, just snap. And all of a sudden, Rah. I love that. A little bit of cougar. Rah. I love that when it's tic-tac-toe, little bit of connection in the middle of the park, goes out wide, ball into the box. And we've seen that numerous occasions. Watch, this it's going to be a 1-0 TFC win. Watch. That's my backup bet. That's your backup bet? Yeah. Can I do a backup you bet? You can do a backup bet. Well, it's, like, it's going to be the complete opposite of what we think. Uh, Betasher is going to score this weekend. That's my call. I talked to him. I talked to him just, uh, the other day at training. What a good guy. He's too, ready by to go. The way, hey? I, was show- I actually showed him what I would do. There was a ball that was floating around, and he's like, show me what you do on the big screen here. And I'm like... You always drag it across the goal because you're always thinking, oh, the goalkeeper will spill it out, give a rebound. You're always going far post. It's like a shot pass. I'm like, be confident. Outside the foot, bend into the short corner, right side. I'm like, beta, do it. <laughs> and I'm like, or do a little chip over the goalkeeper. <laughs> I don't know if he's and he's just looking at me. He's like, you used to play. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I was showing him a thing or two. Nice. I like it. Then I was what telling about J-Mo, what about let's go one-on-one. Whipping it top bag like Harry Kane to the near post. Do it. Like, I want Beta that cutting edge in front of goal. So, let's talk about Beta next, okay? Because he was front and center in the 4 nothing victory last weekend over San Jose. Wheeler and Dunfield with you. This is Come On You Reds. Toronto FC made it undefeated in their last 10 games with a 4 nothing emphatic victory over the San Jose Earthquakes. Terry, this game really was never in doubt. And as poor as the earthquakes were, and let's not make any mistake, San Jose were stinky. They were terrible stinky. last weekend. Like, honestly, Toronto I FC... I men against boys. Yeah, Toronto FC were full value for the, for the demolition job that they put on at BMO Field last Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I'll be as good as TFC were. I, I thought San Jose were awful. I, I, I think they're in disarray. They need a complete overhaul. I don't know what they are. What is their philosophy? What are they? Just kick it long to Urena and hope something happens? Or Wando gets a half chance and he scores? Uh, I think under Dominic Kinnear, you knew exactly what you were going to get. Two banks of four, hardworking, blue-collar MLS team. Now... It, Shea Salinas, a right winger playing at left back. They were disjointed. And goalkeepers come in. I know he's played the last three, four games. What's your nickname for well, him? Well, his last name is Tarbell, but we called him Tarabell. <laughs> oh, he, he's, cover, <laughs> he's, cover, he's covering his eyes from the sun. And he's still kind of trying to come for the cross like a Tyrannosaurus Rex with his arms attached to him. Misses the ball by three yards. You can't do that. That was the first goal. And when you're struggling too and you can see the goal like that on the road. I've, I've been there um, with the team. I won't say who. But it rhymes with Toronto FC. <laughs> um, but when you're struggling and you go on the road and then you can see just such a garbage goal like that, it's just like, oh, It's the first goal go. of the game in, in San Jose. 
they couldn't keep the ball, but they were committed. They were I making they TFC start, work. I thought they started well, Wheels, the first 10, 15 minutes. They were bright. Uh, TFC, to be fair, were really patient, sat back, and almost let suck them into a false sense of security. Well, what I, I, I know that Tarbell made that mistake on the first goal, but TFC were so patient on the ball. Really nice run off the ball by Marky Delgado. He checked, went long, made space for Betashur down the right-hand side. Played that ball into the box, misplayed by the goalkeeper. Who's there? Johnny on the spot, Victor Vasquez. Yeah, and, and, and I think uh, I think Greg Vanny with a, a young goalkeeper coming in, new to the league, any opportunity, first 20 minutes, there's going to be a little bit of nerves. It's a packed BMO Stadium again, 30,000 people there, a low sun, uh, earlier kickoff, just put balls into the box, test them, and that's exactly what Betashore did. It wasn't too precise. He just put it into the mixer, shall I say. Tarbell tries to come for it, flaps, doesn't get near it. Vasquez has the composure to take it on his chest and t- stick it away. A lot of players, myself included, would have tried to nod that into the back of the net, and it's 1-0, and then all of a sudden it's the f- you get the feeling the floodgates are going to open because San Jose need to change something to try and get a goal, get back into the game. They didn't really change anything. And but the first half was semi-competitive. The second half was a laugher. It was like keep away. I think you and I on their broadcast, we were just going off on tangents. We were doing the ole, ole, because, like, honestly, it was a keep away session. Yeah, we actually flip-flopped, didn't we? I, I did the play-by-play, <laughs> and you became the analyst. It was a bit of fun. By the way, my play-by-play you game were rubbish. Money. You have no idea yeah, how right. money you actually Your stock are. went up by me being play-by-play. <laughs> <laughs> And then Altidore scores his first goal. Well, sorry, Javinko came off at halftime and Azorio went on, right? Yeah. That was a change. And um, and, and then TFC just, like, came in waves. The, 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 first, the first goal for TFC came from the wing. The second play, and, and these are the two ways that TFC beat you. They can beat you down the wings, and they can beat you by playing between the lines. Great ball from the back. Drew Moore. Drew Moore to Vasquez. He turns, and then he plays Altidore behind the back line, back of the net. It's quite 50th goal at MLS. Just, just looking at that one, it's quite clever what, what TFC do. That, that In possession, the two uh, wingbacks make the pitch extremely uh, wide. Wide as possible, big as possible. And and what Drew Moore did was, he, I think he realized, it looked like he was going to go to the right-hand side, little Cruyff, and, and he comes back to the side where the numbers are, where TFC have the overload. Great ball between the line to Vasquez. Vasquez in in one motion turns with it and gets he, how how quick he gets that ball off his foot's incredible. He already checked his shoulder, knew where Altador was. Weight of the pass is perfect. Nice straight ball to a diagonal run from Altador. And I think he hits it first time with his left foot back across Tarbell. Great goal. Something straight off the training ground. It was a great goal. A couple minutes later, it's Altador again. Far post. Betashore on the cross. Providing the service for our post. Difficult header made it look easy. He really did. Yeah, clinical header. Heads it back where it came from. I thought Vasquez was important in that on the goal too. Made a forward run from midfield. A little bit like Marky Delgado. A uh, little bit of skill on the, on, on the end line. A lot of players, I think, would have looked to get a corner there. He keeps it in play. A little bit fortunate. Comes to Betashore. And little seven iron to the back post. And, and there's 
the defender gets caught underneath it. Altidore, clinical header back across the keeper. And the final goal was Azorio's goal, right? From outside the box. Mavinga playing him through between the lines as well. Great shot. Scored back-to-back -back weeks. One for Canada, one for TFC. We've been saying this every week now. Azorio really rounding into form. Yeah, and, he, and all you can do is, is when you get time, when you get minutes, is, is take that opportunity. And, and, and he's really doing that. I think there's a confidence in his game now as well from the management I, th I think he knows what his role is and, and uh, when he picks up that ball in that pocket of space I think last season and in previous years he's looking to link up play find a player this time he just takes a touch drives at the back four they drop off invite him into the space and he bends it around the keeper I think the keeper Tarbell should do a little bit better but great goal two goals in the week and uh, again a player I watched training this week he's he's absolutely buzzing and uh, big opportunity for him in LA if when, he starts. When the stats man gave me the sheet at the end of the game, he's like, look at that number. It said 826 completed passes. Turns out it was 828. That's ridiculous. That's an incredible number, Terry. Yeah, it, it really is. I think you're looking at between five, 600 is a dominant performance, but to be north of 800 is ridiculous. And, and the accuracy, the team never gave the ball away. And 91% possession. And everybody wanted, I mean, 91% percentage. Completion rate, yes. right? Yeah, yes. and uh, I think when when any one player got on the ball, and this is great, and, and it's, a, it's a sign that the team's doing well. They have two, three, four options that there's on the ball, so it's it's uh, it's it's just really good stuff right the now. The sending off Seren where VAR was used for the first time, it was a right call. It was dirty. It was cheap on uh, on. Uh, on Marky Delgado, and you just sensed it was coming, right? Just the lack of composure. They were frustrated. They're being played off the pitch. They're playing away from home, coming off the international break. Saren is an El Salvadoran international. He's been around long enough. He should know better. The tackle's 10 minutes late. Bradley's straight up to him, like, come on. It's, I think at the time it was three or four nil. The game was over. Uh, and, and you know what? Get off the pitch if you're going to do something like that. Video review gets it spot on. And uh, the, the last thing you do when you're cruising like that is want to pick up an injury. Shout out to Alex Bono. Ties a club record for clean sheets in a season with Stefan Fry. Shout out to the fans. They were great again. Sixth consecutive cello crowd, 29,000. And 50. And for the sixth time in seven games, TFC scores three goals or more. It's exciting stuff. It's ridiculous. It? And, and you know what it's like? It's like, it's like the fans at, at 70 minutes all light a cigarette. I'm like, oh, this, is, <laughs> this is done now. Easy. And, and like they're like leaving us like leaving it saying oh go get an early beer at Liberty Village and this is just routine now it's incredible stuff and a shout out to to the brave men and women of the armed forces who yes. it was an armed forces night as well and I got to play in a uh, in a exhibition game with the armed forces midweek that was a ton of fun as well it was a great match all round we'll get Tim Bezvichenko the general manager of Toronto FC his perspective some academy signings and a promotion within the club and we'll ask you about the trans transition from where this team was when he took over in 2013 to where it is today. So that's coming up next right here on Come On You Reds. Welcome back to Come On You Reds. Gareth Wheeler with you. Terry Dunfield out. We upgraded. 
You know when you go to the sporting <laughs> events and they bring up the people from the cheap seats and bring them front row? That's exactly what we've done as Tim Bezvichenko, general manager of Toronto FC, joins us. His debut appearance of the podcast, and it only took 103 episodes. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Wheels. And I'm not sure Terry's going to agree with all the words you have, but uh, uh, I know Terry well, good guy, and 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 uh, it's probably a downgrade to many to many of those listening for sure. Well, come on, come on. <laughs> Don't be bashful yeah. here. Uh, you have plenty of reason to stick out your chest, pump it out a little bit, because your team right now, the team that you've constructed, is on an absolute roll. Undefeated in 10 matches, 59 points on the season, uh, on pace for a record-setting year. You've come a long way, Tim, since 2013 when you took over. It all must be a blur for you how this has come together, how this has happened. Yeah, I mean, look, look. First off, it's 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 the journey hasn't is, isn't complete yet, and and we still have work to do. We're obviously in a very good position, and uh, and the credit goes to the coaching staff and Greg and the coaches, and then obviously to the players, um, and just the mentality um, change, you know, in the building from back in 2013 from when I started to now is 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 really incredible to to experience, and and. Um, a lot of that has to do with really it's it's the bar that the players set themselves and the goals that they set themselves. Um, and so it's just the, the work that they put in daily at Kia Training Ground to be better each and every day. And I think it, you know, it probably started last year with our, well, probably two years ago with the playoff, losing to Montreal in the playoff, saying, hey, we don't want to have this feeling again. And then going into the 2016 season, um, you know, we still had the renovations and, and it was really the team finding its identity sure. and, and Greg sort of finding the best look of the team, knowing that we probably still had a couple holes in the lineup um, and then evolving that team evolving over and really finding its feet probably about 10, eight to 10 games before the playoff. And we got some momentum and obviously we carried that, carried that into the playoffs and made a deep run all the way to, to, you know, one save away from winning MLS cup. And then I think that what I call numbness after that game and the feeling that, that that our our entire club had was one of sure we were we were disappointed but it was we can be better um, let's do it for an entire season let's 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 not take any game off um, and let's set the bar high and I think that's a reflection our position right now in the stands is a reflection of that mentality I like how you bring up the culture because you feel it around the Kia training grids you feel it around the club right from people that work behind the scenes to the training staff to the coaching staff to the kitchen staff like everyone kind of it, it almost feels like one big family and everyone is on the same page Tim where does that come from does it come from creating that off the field or does it come from the fact that there's some really good players on the field that have come together and this is a product of the results? Well, first off, thanks for, you know, it's nice to see people notice kind of the difference. And I've noticed you do, it. And, honestly. And, um, given, you know, where this club was and, and the culture, you know, frankly, it was, it was, it was a team that was steeped in losing and it was that you know as I say all the time that you know when we first came over and Greg came on board as an assistant GM and academy director we really had something that was less or, or worse off than an expansion team uh, we didn't have the assets to uh, create a roster that maybe an expansion team had we didn't sir Tam wasn't around there was no target <laughs> allocation money to build a roster um, 
And then you had it in a team that was stuck in losing ways versus an expansion team where you really have a clean slate and you can get off running. Um, but how, how to change the culture? It's, it's a slow process. And I think it's convincing people that you can be winners. It's setting a standard of excellence every day in your behaviors, um, not just in the first team level, but it's since we intermix with the academy and the academy coaches and with the business folks that are here, it's really creating a culture amongst all the departments and holding everyone to a standard. And, and I'm lucky to have a great leadership team from Bill Manning who knows how to win and he's had a culture at Salt Lake that's that that has won championships to uh, sort of the leadership on the soccer operations staff um, Corey Ray and Jamie McMillan and, um, um, and and Jim Liston who's our director of sports science Mike Robosca director of cognitive high performance cognitive development I mean those people play just as much has played just as much a part of, of changing the culture as you know Greg myself Bill and the players it's been incredible to watch, and it's kind of funny, the incremental gains that have been picked up over the course of the way, from being outside of the playoffs, looking in for a couple of years, to being a playoff team, then addressing some things in terms of the defensive frailties, to last year finishing third in the conference, Tim, and going all the way to the MLS Cup. There's been you know steps along the way. It just hasn't been like, snap your fingers, and it's happened. For you, was there that one critical move that was made that's really like whether sped up the trajectory of the team or that has been the most important of all the moves into the team being where it is today? I think you can point to a, f a few moments when, when the team sort of took a, took, took a bigger step forward than maybe the incremental growth that you've seen. I, I do remember the press conference when I started and someone asked, you know, will we make the playoffs next year? Because that's all people cared about. <laughs> um, right. And, and, I, and I refused to answer the question because I just, I really felt like we just needed to be trending in a positive direction. And I, knowing MLS and, and uh, you know, as I, people have asked and, and I've had a lot of these interviews, I call myself sort of an MLS junkie, right? I mean, you know that the teams that sort of go from the bottom to the top, it hasn't been sustainable because it's been either they've had to mortgage their future or their assets, and then you've seen a decline over the, the years following. So I felt like the proper, and Greg and myself, we looked at the roster, and, and, and we felt like if we were able to make incremental growth in various department, various ways, both on the team but also within the club, we could create something that was sustainable. Um, and then pointing to actual specific moments, um, you know, I, the bloody big deal um, for me was at the very beginning is, is a critical moment because that shifted our entire vision of the organization. Now, um, we call it, some people call it a bloody big mess um, because of the Jermaine Defoe experience. But on the same day, people don't realize that we announced Michael Bradley. Yeah. And Michael Bradley exactly. has, has played such a critical role in changing the dynamic within the locker room, holding his teammates accountable, holding us accountable, um, and, and, and really – you know, I remember the first year, he, he, a lot of times you'd hear him say, this isn't good enough, this isn't good enough. And sometimes I was like, Michael, hey, we got to take steps because we were all in a rush to, to, to be good, to be winners. Um, and, and looking back, I, I'm really – would I have liked to have made the playoffs the first year? Yeah, of course. I'm not going to say I would not have liked to have gone to MLS Cup and won it the first year, but – I think a healthy, growing club is one that you that builds on itself. You don't take a team that's maybe a D minus in talent and turn them into an A overnight. I think you take you're going to have to change the roster and get some you know 
B, B minuses, and then through coaching and development, you turn those B minuses into B pluses and A's, and then you go from there. And, and each year you try to go until you have a, a group that has culturally an A, talent in A, coaching in A, and, and then you start to position yourself for a, a successful run. So I think that would be right. the moment, even though you didn't see, really see the fruits of that until later because uh, Jermaine really became Josie. And then uh, I would say the mistakes I made in our, you know, our scouting recruitment team made on Jermaine. Um, I think we applied those lessons f to to go and find you. But it was a statement of intent. That's what it was. Yeah. And as the right. modern day philosopher Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76 nice. says, like trust the process. Trust, trust right? the process. And 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 there's been a process here, and there's been difficult decisions like. The decision to remove your head coach, Ryan Nelson, at that time, 10 games to go, you're in a playoff spot, to bring in Greg Vanny. Now, now it looks to be a stroke of genius because Vanny and this staff has helped take this collection of very good players and turn them into a finely tuned machine. Mm -hmm. And these are decisions that were probably difficult for you at the time, Tim. But now you look back today, where would this team be without this coaching staff? You know, it's, it's really hard to even say. I, I, this coaching staff is so strong and and and. They're diverse. Uh, it's funny. We actually did a, you know, it started off as just a, you know, not a joke, but um, I don't know what you want to call it. Just an exercise where the coach, the coaches did a, a personality test the other day. Oh, it's no. one of these ones on one of these apps. <laughs> and, every, and, and they name you, you know, one person's a, a defender. One person is a, a campaigner. One person is a, a executive. And every one of the coaches was something different. Uh, and I And I think that reflected... Uh, why the, this this group is so successful? Because they have you put them in a room, they all argue, um, but they all respect each other, and they come out with different ideas. But they come out with a really good idea most of the time, and they're willing to take risks. Um, but they also understand that Greg, with his you know his ability to take in others' thoughts and ideas, um, but at the end of the day, he'll make a decision, and even if it goes against you know what other people advise him. And I think that's the genius of this group so far, and 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 all the credit to them. It's really cool. I'm going to continue. Continue to pick your brain. Uh, Tim and I are going to do a sit-down for torontofc.ca. Some of the moves that he's made from bringing in Drew Moore and a Stephen Betasher to this year, Victor Vasquez, Chris Mavinga. There are so many defining moves that you've made bringing in top players to this club that have really turned them into the group that they are today. I wanted to get to a couple news and notes. Professional deals given to a number of young players, Noble Locello, Rocco Romeo, and Julian Dunn this week. Uh, all significant moves as this club continues to build from within. Yeah, I'm really excited about those players as well as some of the other players that we signed to sort of TFC 3, TFC 2. Dante Did I miss Cam any? No, Dante Campbell, <laughs> okay. Matt Serbel over the last few months, and, and I'm sure there's a few others. But I think um, it's reflective of a complete player pathway, and we say that all the time. And so what you know, fans ask, what, what, what does that mean? What it means is a player can come in at, into our academy at age 12, 13, 14, and he knows there's a, there's a rung in every step of the way all the way up to the professional team. And um, there's a statistic I read this week that 80, over 80% 80 of Champions League, UEFA Champions League players played their first team minutes at age 18. It's just incredible. And so 
what we, in order for us to inter be internationally competitive, not just in MLS and globally, our players have to turn pro and get into a, a meaningful professional environment at a younger age um, if we want to be successful, if we want to win Champions League, CONCACAF, if we want to compete in Club World Cup. So uh, this is a reflective of, of the ambitions of the club, uh, the hard work of these players, and all the coaches in the academy and Laurent uh, Guyot, our, our academy director, um, to, um, you know, putting our money where our mouth is and saying, hey, these are the players, we're going to push them through, and at the end of the day, in five years from now, we want, um, we'll have designated players, perhaps one is from our academy, or we'll have three designated players, but the other um, seven or eight players in the field are from our academy, and that's really um, would put us on a different trajectory altogether. Very cool. One other mentionable, when a press release gets put out, stating a promotion for Corey Ray. A lot of people that are around the club are like, well, who's this Corey Ray guy? Well, he's kind of a day oneer at the club. I cannot believe he's only 32, but a well-deserved promotion for Corey <laughs> this week. How is he only 32? Yeah, yeah, he's been around here a long time. <laughs> he survived many uh, GM and coaching change. Um, you know, I, I don't want to compare him to a, you know, what do they say? What, what, what are the insects? That cockroaches is, 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 is can survive all <laughs> yes. all types of, of but he's uh, adaptable, is, is, is much he's better, adaptable. He's a much better dresser, and uh, uh, so I would never compare him to that. But no, Corey's a he's a wonderful most most importantly he's a, he's a wonderful person who has great values that 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 are shared amongst the club. Really smart um, people person who can relate to our parents from anyone from our parents to the top agents. Uh, that represent the top players, you know, around the world. And, and, and so uh, I'm lucky to have him by my side, and, and he does a lot of the work on TFC2 and TFC3. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him to take that step and continue to learn uh, the ways. Very cool. Uh, let's get you on more often. How does that sound? Yeah, anytime. It's not too intimidating, right? No, no. And we both Terry? Not. Maybe no. we'll even keep him in next no, time. No. We need Terry in here. He's, you know, by my side. And, and uh, thanks for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Awesome stuff. Tim Bezbachenko, general manager of Toronto FC. We'll be both watching from afar this weekend. It is a 10.30 kickoff out in Los Angeles. Toronto FC and the Los Angeles Galaxy you can watch on TSN. Listen on TSN 1050. That's about it for episode 103 of Come On You Reds. Like us on iTunes, subscribe, tell your friends, tell people to tune in on TSN 1050 as well. I am Gareth Wheeler, and this is being Come On You Reds.